1: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Hello, my beautiful ultra premium submarines. We're back with another voice note. I am currently reading this book called Being There, Why Prioritizing Motherhood in the First Three Years Matters by Erica Komisar, and she's a licensed clinical social worker. And there's this section of the book, and it is chapter eight in the book, and it's called When Mothers Turn Away, Postpartum Depression, and the Legacy of Absence. Coming up soon I've decided I'm going to be doing another deep dive in the next month or so over the next few weeks, because I need to start doing some research on it, on the concept of childhood emotional neglect, because we talk so much about overt abuse, right? Sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, even just mental abuse, things that are just very easy to say that's abusive. But Emotional neglect is something that contributes very heavily to what we talk about on the podcast here as the big empty. And just this feeling that something's not right, that you are not loved, it contributes to this critical inner voice that many of us live with. And Emotional neglect is again, not something that is spoken about very often. We talk all about trauma and just big T trauma, but emotional neglect is something that many, 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 many people struggle with and live with without knowing why. And I believe yet again, this might be another deep dive series that contributes to some aha moments for people who realize, oh shit, you know, this is now giving language to something that I have struggled with myself. So I've highlighted a few parts of this chapter of this book, and I'm just going to read them. And then if I feel compelled to um, comment on them, I will. But I thought this is really interesting, right? Because this is really like a parenting and motherhood book. But this chapter dives into postpartum depression and also I think how many mothers start off like when does emotional neglect begin and it's this genesis in infancy for many of us but many of us don't remember these moments right because we don't remember really being an infant but the things that happen to us during that very pivotal moment in our development have a big impact later on so this Part of the book says, in his book, Identity and the Life Cycle, Psychoanalyst and Architect of the Theory of Psychosocial Stages, Eric Erickson offers a model of psychological development in which having children of one's own is a milestone. What Erickson doesn't say is that having children before you've resolved conflicted or ambivalent feelings about being a nurturing mother can result in depression, anxiety, and a desire to abdicate or avoid your maternal role. Each and every one of us, this is me, it's no longer the book, has a mother, right? Every one of us was born from a woman and our mothers had varying different approaches and feelings about motherhood. And a lot of our mothers, I think, didn't even really think about deeply about their own relationship with their mother or resolve these conflicting feelings they have about motherhood before they decided to become a mom. And that can lead to some pretty sticky situations later on for many of us. So another quote I highlighted here, it's common for a woman to have the fantasy that her child will satisfy her own unmet needs for love and attention, particularly if she had a conflicted or turbulent relationship with her own mother. When a woman idealizes the experience of motherhood before she has experienced it herself, particularly if she's had a difficult relationship with her own mother, she may be setting herself up for disappointment. For many vulnerable women, this can be a catalyst for postpartum depression and can trigger her rejection of mothering. Childbirth is painful. The aftermath of childbirth is uncomfortable and messy breastfeeding is often frustrating until you get the hang of it. Interrupted sleep is the norm for the first years of your child's life, but most intensely for the first few months after your child is born. There's never or rarely ever a day off. Caring for a baby is damn hard work. And at this point, she goes on to give us some good reflection points. And I think that regardless, like it doesn't matter you know what your gender is or anything like that you can reflect on these questions and it's really really good for us to dive into some of these topics and maybe repressed feelings of emotional neglect so she writes what was your own experience of your mother did you feel she was emotionally and physically available to you did you feel she was interested in you and found you interesting or was she bored and eager to get away from you Did she comfort you when you were distressed? Did you feel accepted or rejected? These are critical questions to ask yourself before you have children. Notice how she says, before you have children. And I think 99% of people who have kids don't think about this stuff at all. Hence why many of us are probably tuning in and listening to this fucking podcast right now and why I'm making it myself, quite frankly. She goes on to write, according to a 1992 study by Les Whitbeck and co-workers, adults who recalled being rejected by their parents were more likely to be depressed and have difficulty relating to their own children. These women may not be getting the help they need to deal with these wounds. What are the costs to their children of having mothers who are angry or resentful much of the time? And this goes back I'm skipping around this chapter by the way cuz I can't just read you this whole book. I bought the book um on Kindle and I will just preface this like this book is largely aimed at like women who are wanting to have a baby who are already pregnant, right? Like this is like, you know, a motherhood book, but That's why I wanted to share these specific excerpts of the chapter because I thought it was very relevant for all my listeners, regardless of gender, whether or not you want to have kids or not. This is incredibly important stuff for us to think about because it can help us start putting together this puzzle piece of maybe why we feel so empty, unloved, and have this really awful inner narrator in our mind. And she says this, you know. What are the costs to their children of having mothers who are angry, resentful, or disconnected even most of the time? What are the costs, right? How was your mother growing up? Did you feel like she was exasperated, exhausted, didn't have time for you? I know for me, I spent most of my early years in a daycare with like a lot of other kids around. It wasn't just like, I didn't have a nanny. We didn't have the money for that. Both my parents were school teachers. I'm sure we could like barely even afford daycare, but I know that probably in the early nineties, it was a lot more affordable than it is now. But I just went to the house of some lady who had a home daycare and there were tons of kids. And even my daycare lady was burnt out. And then she had her like teenage daughter helping half the time and this girl like hated us clearly like she was just like this grouchy imagine like Daria (laughs) I don't know if you've ever seen the the show Daria that was the energy of this girl that helped um at the daycare and she clearly was not qualified to do so so and again this is what my parents could afford they both had to work like they could not afford to my mom couldn't afford to stay home with us but then when I got home my mom was an English teacher and she had so many papers to grade like anyone who knows someone who is an English teacher specifically, it's not just like you come home and your work is done. Like kids have to write papers and they're long stories. So my mom had to read them and grade them. And I just remember my mom, like she provided for all of our physical needs, but my mom overcommitted herself. She directed like a children's choir at my church. She did like the play at school and she had all these papers to grade. And it just seemed like at the end of the day, after she was done cooking for us and doing all this, my mom had no gas in the tank left for my sister and I, like period. There was, there was nothing left in her and we could sense her exhaustion, you know, and kids feel that. Another quote, unless a mother has been able to resolve the ambivalent feelings she has about her own mother, it's likely that her behavior will not change. The painful recognition that this is happening in spite of their conscious desire to act differently with their own children often makes women want to run away from their role as mothers rather than face that ambivalence head on. The human psyche is amazingly adaptable until it isn't. When we're hurt or have painful or traumatic experiences, our mind protects itself from the pain by utilizing defenses that are different for each person that help us not just to survive the trauma, but to function in spite of it. These defenses range from denying that we feel the pain at all to redefining the experiences as good character building, for example, rather than bad or my mother didn't comfort me when I broke my arm we may put the memories in the deepest lockbox of our unconscious or we may feel angry or we may feel like we are always being persecuted and never know why infants or very young children may have all of their physical needs met but if they do not have their emotional needs consistently met That is, if they cannot rely on their mother to respond when they need her for whatever reason, they develop what psychologists call defensive or stress-inoculated independence as a survival mechanism. Instead of reaching for their mothers when they return from work or the day away, these children push their mothers away and refuse to be hugged or interact. When this type of independence is shown by children three and under, parents often misinterpret this as a positive thing, as if they're being like very independent. It's great, but it's actually a sign of a problem with attachment. As these independent children get older, they're more likely to experience anxiety and depression, but don't connect it to their own early experiences and the pain of being rejected or ignored by their mother. They often have relationship difficulties throughout life because they lack the ability to attach to others deeply and feel deeply. I relate to this very much, and I'm assuming many of you will too, this feeling of like, I can take care of myself, right? Because if you grew up and you either couldn't rely on this, you know, constant nurturing connection with your caregiver, or if it was unpredictable, right? And the thing is that this- all right, everyone, that is it for this preview of this ultra premium submarine episode of Back from the Borderline. If you'd like to unlock the full version of this episode, all you have to do is visit backfromtheborderline.com and sign up for Patreon, which is my higher tier, the ultra premium submarine tier. And to make things easy, I recently organized all of my Patreon content. And this was like a seven hour project (laughs) into collections. So on Patreon, they have this new feature where if you go to Patreon, you sign up and you click the collections tab. I've organized all my episodes by theme and topic. And so this particular episode is going into the mother and father wound healing section. And I've done multiple other episodes on this topic. But if you'd like to unlock this full voice note, you'll have to join the Patreon community. So I hope to see you there. Premium Submarines of Back From The Borderline not only unlock the full version of this voice note, but hundreds of hours of bonus content. The lower tier gets one additional premium episode a week, and this higher tier that this one is on, these submarines get two additional premium episodes a week. It's a lot of content for basically the price of two bougie coffees with tip. And I hope you're tipping your baristas, but if you're not able to support the podcast monetarily right now, that's completely fine. I understand that financial situations can change. You can support the podcast by rating and reviewing the podcast or sharing an episode with a friend. And I also run programmatic ads here on the pod that also allow me to get compensated for those listeners who choose to listen for free. So I hope you enjoyed this week's preview, and I will see you right back here next time.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.